0: All right, so we are in, um, I forgot what part this is, but we're ready for kindness, the first week of kindness in, in our study of the fruit of the spirit in biblical soul care Sunday school class. We, um, we look at, at your introduction there, we, we just think about kindness. The first thing that comes to my mind is not necessarily a positive thing. So. But when kindness is a very common word uh, around us today, it's something we hear a lot about. We say a lot when we talk to children. You know, being in education, it's like, "Be kind." You know, and so what I want to explore with you this morning to start off is, um, what do we mean when we say to kids or to each other, "Be kind"? What do you mean? Don't be rude. Yeah. Okay, what else? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah, that golden rule, right? Anything else?
1: The idea of preferring someone over yourself in relation to kids. You should share because it's kind.
0: Share, yeah. Sharing is caring,
1: right?
0: <laughs> share. Prefer others. Be unselfish. What kind of actions, look at question one, what kind of actions and words would our culture classify as kind?
2: Acceptance.
0: Acceptance.
2: Generosity. Tolerance.
0: Tolerance. There you go. (laughs) Nice.
2: Inclusion.
0: Being nice, including inclusion. Equity. Diversity. (laughs) Diversity. they've trained well right. Miles um, is saying diversity, equity and inclusion um, yeah yeah. Um, being nice it's kind of got this in my, I mean, at least in my circles it's like this warm kind of ah. just be kind I saw a, a, a person with an adult that just said raise them kind you know, it's just like whatever that means like, be warm, fuzzy be, just be nice what would they say is unkind? What are some examples of some actions or some words that would be unkind according to the culture? Truth. (laughs) 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 Telling the truth. Selfishness.
3: Any sort of expression of disagreement. Intolerance.
0: Yeah I mean we could go down that list and say the opposite, I like, guess, disagreeing with someone, saying somebody's wrong, not tolerating, not accepting, or in, really, if we get down to it, some, some ways we're talking about like, if you don't celebrate what I do or think or say, then that, you're being unkind. Why can't you just be kind? What do you think a biblical definition or a biblical understanding of kindness? What would that be? And specifically, how would that be different than our culture would say?
4: When somebody is doing something wrong, you don't. You, you're. you're gent- I want to say gentle, but that's another one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's. Um, you, when someone does something wrong, you Ephesians six everything. Yeah, Ephesians six too. Like with kindness and gentleness, like talk to them and remembering your own sins so that you do not get tempted yourself. Um, like you're you're going to them in a kind blunt way. I guess is what I always call, call it. You're you're addressing the problem because you love them, but you're also doing it in a way that's not, you're not cussing at them, you're not yelling at them, you're not mm-hmm. um, you're holding them accountable without being rude mm-hmm. that's
0: yeah biblical kindness doesn't shy away from so six. hard things I'm
4: sorry, I messed up, Galatians 6 Galatians 6, okay yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of shepherding, I mean like in kids or I mean or who we have interactions with, I mean mm-hmm. you're Going to be kind, but you're not gonna shy away from
0: correcting
1: mm-hmm. them when they
0: need it. Yeah, mm-hmm. kindness is kind of hard to define because even even you know, we'll see down here in the, the definition that I was finding, it's like they use kindness to define kind. Yeah. So
3: does courtesy? Oh, does it, I was I was thinking about this the other day. Where do you put courtesy? You know, we—that's a word, but I don't know how to translate that biblically. But I, I really wondered if it just doesn't fit
0: under kindness. And I mean, I think this adds another layer of the difficulty. Is like what's courteous to you, is not necessarily what's courteous to me or others. Like so, that's just a, a just a variety a variety of meanings that we might be, as, you know, attributing to the same word. So that's that is also what makes it difficult. So. And it's really stark when we talk about the culture saying, "Be kind," and then are like, "I am being kind." Like we're using the same word, we're using different. We're in different universes as far as what that implies for our words and actions and things. Um, especially when we're offering counsel to someone, we're discipling someone. Kindness is uh, from the world is much different than kindness from Scripture. <coughs> like God would have us to be kind in what way? So. Last question here in the introduction. How has God been kind to you? He redeemed us. He redeemed us. Salvation. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the, the difficulties of these kinds of studies, I think, for my own heart, are just stopping long enough to really think about what we're talking about. And that's, that's true for all of the, um, the studies that we do. For whenever we read Scripture... Is are we are we really um, stopping and savoring and meditating on the truth that we're hearing or that we're reading? Um, there was a, this week there was a, um, Spurgeon has his uh, morning and evenings devotional thing. And one of, one of them this week was about um, meditating on the truths that we read and not just reading this about kindness. I think this is a temptation for me. When I hear about kindness and I already have this ugh, kindness, everybody says kindness all the time where I am. And I just, I hear the word kindness, and I'm like, eh, I'm just, that's not as important as other things. But to think about what God is going to command us to do, and we're going to read here in a little bit, and take that seriously. To read about what God has done in His kindness, and salvation in particular, and in a thousand other ways. To think about His kindness and be in awe of it. Um, so my prayer has been this morning, that, and it's one of the objectives, we, I want us to Admire and be astonished and amazed at the kindness of God. Um, I want it to yeah, instill an awe in us because we have been his enemies and he has been kind. So, when we look at our objectives, we want to discuss the, the biblical definition of kindness and observe examples of kindness in scripture and again worship the Lord for his kindness to be amazed at the kindness of God. So, um, our verse for this study is course of course Galatians 5.22 the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law and the word kindness there is that Greek word can't pronounce but it means this is what it says in the dictionary I had is goodness of heart, kindness that's what it means um, and, it, and it refers to the goodness of heart that actively seeks to do good to other people Um, Someone who is marked by kindness is continually seeking the welfare of those around him. And one thing that I think separates kindness a little bit, distinguishes it from the other virtues here, um, is it is an action, and you can see it and hear it. If someone is kind, it does not mean that they are just pleasant. They walk around, they don't cause problems. That's not kindness. Kindness is active. It's doing things and it's saying things that are actively working out good for the recipient. So that its I want you to be thinking of kindness as this action. So this definition differs from our cultural understanding because culturally, when somebody is kind, they just don't offend you. They just go along with what you do. And, oh, that's a kind man. He just does that. Oh, that's a kind woman. She just didn't say anything mean or rude. She, no. Kindness, biblically, is action that is promoting the good and welfare of people. And ultimately, what is the greatest good and for the greatest welfare of a human? That is that they be right with God. That they know the truth. That they will stand before a holy God who will judge them. And so kindness will dictate that we do something about that. So how do we go about that? That's what we're going to be thinking about um, this morning. So look at page two. The Hebrew word um, most often translated. We've talked about this quite a bit uh, in this class before, but it's the the hesed um, that we've talked about. Um, it, uh, the ESV translate the, translate that word as loving kindness usually so this word is defined as faithfulness and compassion to one's obligations relatives friends and even slaves and then it has this three ingredients that have to be kind of together right there's strength there's steadfastness and there's love those three things make up this this hebrew word has said and that's that loving kindness so let's look we're going to kind of survey some scriptures here uh Point three, we're going to talk about the kindness of God, how he demonstrates it, and how that's described to us in Scripture. So as we read these, consider the active observable kindness of God and what is revealed about his heart. At Exodus 34, 6 and 7, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. How does God demonstrate his kindness, his loving kindness in that context? speaking in that context by the way that's that's when uh, Moses is taking the tablets up on the mountain and and he's talking with God and God is teaching him what he's like how's God's kindness demonstrated slow to anger slow to anger yeah talked about that last uh, last week. Patient. but slow to anger. What else?
4: He's giving grace.
0: Mm -hmm. Merciful and gracious. I'd say it's generous. It goes to thousands, he says. His kindness leads him to forgive iniquity.
4: It's got a sense of justice too mm-hmm.
3: at the end.
0: yeah, He is forgiving, but he is not going to look away. He's not gonna, when God forgives, it's not like sometimes we want to be forgiven. They just want to look the other way and not really deal with it. God does not let it go. All sin will be dealt with. So kindness is not just this warm, fuzzy, everybody you know, get together and hold hands and accept one another. I in mean, steadfast love and faithfulness you don't give up mm-hmm. when it's hard and kindness use. Yeah, that steadfast love is enduring. Mm-hmm. Doesn't quickly run out. It bears with the recipient of that steadfast love. Faithfulness means never not meeting what he said he was going to do. It's not inconsistent. Similarly, look at Nehemiah 9.17. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. So a lot of the the same ideas. God is merciful. And I hope you, as we read those those stories of Israel time and again falling away, I, I think we should see ourselves in that in this sense that, man, I have done the same thing. I have fallen away again and again and the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, abounding in kindness to me.
2: In both of these contexts, um, the kindness is displayed to undeserved people. Mm-hmm. So, the word that keeps coming to mind is grace. Mm-hmm. So, kindness is showed through displaying grace. Mm-hmm. Well.
0: There's a patience and a, a giving what we don't deserve. Kindness is undeserved. <clears throat> That's great. Let's look at Psalm one hundred three. Again, remember, we're looking for how does God demonstrate His kindness? It's not just warm thoughts. Psalm 103, starting in verse 8. We're seeing a theme here. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Get a picture of just the Elaborate, it's the overabundance of his kindness to us. As high as the heavens are above the earth, as far as the east is from the west. He's abounding in steadfast love. One more interesting one that I I thought we would go over was Psalm 136. This is the psalm where in every verse they say his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of God for his steadfast love endures forever. And over and over and over again, they're praising God for his constant faithful kindness to them. And one other way that I, I don't often think about God being kind is found in, in verse 5 through 9. This is to him who by understanding made the heavens... For his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule the day, his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. I was struck by God's creation. He is kind in what he has made for us to enjoy. Uh, and just, you think about the beauty in the world, even though it's fallen, though sin has messed things up, there's beauty in sunrises and sunsets. <coughs> there is pleasant weather, the changing of the seasons, the beauty of the trees, the leaves on the trees turning yellows and oranges. There is, there's <coughs> flavors of food How many of those things are necessary for our survival? None of them. And yet, God gives us a thousand things in creation as a kindness to us. So, many, many things to think about. Um, Let's look at the New Testament, Luke 6 33 through 35. So, think about that last statement. How does God demonstrate His kindness? Read verse 35 again. Love your enemies, do good, lend, expecting nothing to return. And you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. How is, how is God kind to the ungrateful and the evil? He sends rain to everyone. Yeah. He sends rain to the evil and the righteous.
4: Air to breathe and I mean, another day to live.
0: Yeah. He gives us time. Mm-hmm. It's the kindness of God that is meant to lead us to repentance. He gives time.
2: We were once ungrateful and evil. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he showed kindness to save us. Mm-hmm. So
0: you gotta remember that. Yeah. The same patience and kindness that's shown to us, he's showing to others. Anything else? He sanctifies
3: us and grows us and
0: disciplines us. Yeah, we're going to get there too, right? Have you thought of the discipline of God as kindness? Yeah. If you go to page three, there's there's another question there at the top. How have you grown in kindness as a Christian? Have you seen that? Is not necessary. You don't have to answer that question. But um, how can you excel more in kindness?
4: There is an aspect of humility behind it for us. I mean, obviously not for God, but for us there is. Um, because I think about the parable of the debtor mm-hmm. and the need for kindness in that situation that was not shown. Um, so that. How we can continue to excel is to always remember that, you know, God showed kindness to us and then
2: show it to others.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So what does this mean when I have an enemy? Like, how do you do? This is maybe a thought question. Like, do, for those people who it's pretty clear they don't care for you very much, how are you showing kindness to them? Are you like your Heavenly Father who showed <coughs> kindness to you when you were his enemy? My
3: natural reaction, if they don't like me, I'll stay out of their way. That's my natural reaction. Yeah. But or an action of <coughs> kindness, as you said, is, is that is, is an action that it's not just staying out of the way, it's being kind mm-hmm. to them. If I don't want to upset them, I'll just stay away from them. Yeah. So the action is carry out an action for them.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's not enough to say, well, I'm being kind by not smacking them upside the head. <laughs> right? I'm just leaving them alone. That's how I'm being kind. That's not, that's not acceptable, is it? That's not what God did, is just not strike you dead when you sinned. That's not the extent of His kindness. So yeah. I,
4: has anyone else had it happen? I've had this happen a lot. Or somebody who just does not like you ends up in a bad situation where they need your help and you're like the only one available <laughs> to help them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, or even if you're not the only one, you might be the only willing one or something. And uh, and that is a
0: test of your kindness. Are you going to be like your father? God
4: likes doing that.
0: Are you like going to be?
3: Like six, like, uh, oh, oh, go ahead,
0: go ahead.
4: But like this is like even sinners lend to sinners like mm-hmm. it's like it's not a reciprocity thing either. Like it's the, um, it's giving when you don't expect
0: something in return mm-hmm. you know, so. mm-hmm. yeah it's not a transaction I will do this kind thing with the understanding that when I need it you're going to do the kind thing for me I'll lend you this money and you're going to pay me back that's not kindness as God defines it <coughs> it's kindness. How everybody else defines it, right? So, kindness in God's definition is doing good to your enemies, to the ungrateful who don't say thank they don't say thank you after you did something very difficult for them. Okay. They don't thank you. They don't think a second of it. They might even not like you as you're doing the good, kind of thing for them. Just what's going on in, and when you talk, talk about enemies, I'm talk, I'm thinking about like what's going on in Israel right now, when we have a group that is actively wanting to destroy them, that's enemies. Like, we don't have things quite like that typically here. We don't have that kind of animosity, that kind of um, attack. Does kindness mean that we just let that go and forgive? Should Israel just, you know, call it, you know what, I'll be kind. Just like build a stronger wall. It's an interesting question.
1: Well, as we were talking about this and, and talking about giving without expecting something in return and and being the only one that can help and things like that, it caused me to think a little bit about some of the previous classes we've had where it is kind to not help also, not to mm-hmm. indulge, not mm-hmm. to constantly be the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a level of, when we, when we talk about these individual things, we want to think about them in absolution, but God does also give people over to their sin mm-hmm. at some point. And yeah. that is also loving kindness <laughs> in a way. Maybe that's a way of drawing people out. Um, I don't know. I, I think when we think about kindness being strength, also kindness doesn't mean you're a doormat mm-hmm. to constantly give in and constantly be trampled over. But it is preferring others. So I think there's a balance that needs to be had. And when you're talking about Israel, Israel doesn't should not be a doormat, right?
0: Yeah, and there are there are layers to this. Like Israel is a country, right? Right. It's a group of people. That has a national sovereignty, and they, as a nation, they have a God-given responsibility to protect their citizens, to do justice in their nation and in their borders and for their people. So that's a little bit different. And then when you talk about even people, groups of people here in America, um, there's we have to be wise in how we think. If something is done to me, we've talked about this before. If you insult me, if you you know, strike me on the on the cheek for for example, to quote Jesus' words, I can turn the other cheek and I should. If you are insulting me, being ungrateful to me, I can be kind and I should be like my Father in Heaven to be kind to them. That does not mean that if somebody does those same things to my daughters or to my wife, that I just like, oh, just, you know, be kind. There is a sense in which I need to do justice also for those under my care who God has given me to watch over and to protect and to provide for. So there, we do have to use a lot of wisdom here as we, as we do that, but it's not just letting evil happen to people who are vulnerable, especially. So God's kindness, Jen mentioned this a little bit ago, does lead him in his kindness to discipline us? God's kindness to even the wicked who are going to be cast in the lake of fire. Has he not been kind to them? We just talked about it a second ago. He sends the rain, he gives them time. Right? He does not immediately strike them dead when he has every right to. That is the kindness of God. It's not like God isn't kind even to the wicked. So there's there's a lot of shades to that that we're going we have to work through and, and use wisdom and talk to one another about as we encounter those different kinds of situations.
2: And another way he shows kindness is the church because that's a layer of protection. Mm-hmm. So you know the people I go to for protection or wisdom in those areas are people of authority in my church.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is leadership a kindness? Is government a kindness of God? Yeah. Are laws a kindness? Let's go through all the things that, that we have around us, these structures that are there to protect us. They are a kindness from God. And although imperfectly applied, and they do not always work the way that we would like them to work, they are God's kindness to us. And... and um, there are things that when we trust, when we say that God is sovereign, and we say that we trust him and we love him and he is kind, that influences everything. Like, there are ways. that. So this past couple, oh, probably week and a half or two weeks, um, we had a decision to make in my family. and We're trying to figure out, okay, what should we do? And we, we really want it. Is about, um, it's about moving. Are we going to move to this house or not? This house is really, I, I really like it. It's got everything we want, it's, but you know, I can't just make it happen. And if it doesn't happen, how do I respond? Do I still think God is kind? I know the right answer, but do I believe it? Like God, if, if God is kind to me, won't he give me this house? Won't he promote me to that position? It it is, Christian, it is the kindness of God that keeps those things from you, too. So it is the kindness of God that I did not get the house that I wanted. And, And do I really have faith? Do I really trust God that that is not him just testing me? It's not just him seeing if I'll still be grateful. No, he is keeping me from something. He is doing something good in me by not giving me the thing that I think I want.
3: In that same vein, he could be
4: putting somebody difficult in your life
3: mm-hmm.
0: to
4: grow you. Mm-hmm.
2: To, are you going to show God-like characters mm-hmm. in your interaction with other people? Yeah. Because you need to be sanctified. yes
3: I think that for our good piece is pretty big. And it's, I think as fallible humans, it's harder to translate that when we're helping other people because we don't always know what's going to be for their good. But sometimes you can clearly see that something's not for their good. Mm-hmm. And so helping them maintain that or try to reach that goal, you know would be unkind. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so we need wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Especially as we disciple and mentor people. They're, they're coming to us. They're asking, okay, in your experience, in your study of the Word, and your knowledge of God, what is good for me here? And we give advice based on that, based on truth of of the Scriptures. Now, sometimes it doesn't always say, okay, should I buy that car? Should I apply for that job? That's not something that we're going to necessarily find. Yes, you know, Luke chapter 5. No, no, that's not what we're going to find. But is there, there's wisdom in other, asking other believers sometimes, because I, I really want stuff, right? So I, if I can find a way to kind of justify it, and make it sound churchy or godly, you know? Of course, I'm going I'm to go do that. But not necessarily trusting my first judgment, not necessarily trusting and just going with my first thought, but going and seeking wisdom from others who do love me and care for me, and they show kindness to me, and they've showed kindness to me in the past and they will give me good counsel to help me think about what is right and good for my soul so not just my you know my temporary status here that was kind of a tangent no, let's go on <laughs> next text there Titus chapter 3 but when the goodness And loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. He saved us, not by works done by us in in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What does God's kindness look like here?
3: He really poured out the Spirit by washing regeneration. He, he did.
0: The washing of regeneration and renewal by the Spirit. What kindness. <clears throat> Undeserved. Mm-hmm.
3: The motivation is that God is goodness and love.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He cannot do anything for evil. He, it's not in His nature anything and in revenge, and not in this, just not
1: in his nature to do anything. Mm-hmm. Well, and this one is unconditional. Not because of works done by us and righteousness. Yeah. It's not because we did something well do we get this kindness.
0: Mm-hmm. His kindness is, <clears> throat> overflows throat> out of his character. He is kind because he is kind. Not because we try to do something kind to Him, and then He responds well. Not because He's waiting for us to take the first step, to make the first, you know, start the journey towards trying to be better, trying to get myself together, trying to clean my life up. Not because the work's done by us in righteousness.
2: And it's not just saving us from His wrath; He's also pouring on richly gifts mm-hmm. such as the Holy Spirit and being an heir. Um, so it's not just being neutral.
0: Mm-hmm. So He saves us; He mm-hmm. gives us these things. What about the incarnation of Christ? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I mean, we're kind of getting close to Christmas, right? We start thinking about you know the birth of Christ. What an incredible kindness that God would take on flesh.
2: That's, that sentence
0: sort of personifies Jesus as the goodness and loving kindness of God. as He appeared, mm-hmm. He came to save us. Yeah, kindness, again, yeah, kindness is something we see. God doesn't just say kind things from heaven hey, I love you. No. Jesus comes down takes on flesh and he appears he was made manifest that's the kindness of God why to make a way of salvation for sinners who don't deserve it it's amazing and then last thing we'll highlight there is verse 7 we might become heirs according, according to the hope of eternal life He gives us that amazing inheritance of eternal bliss with Him. Knowing Him. Working for Him for all eternity. Without the presence of sin. All enemies made to bow. All enemies dealt with finally and forever. What a kindness. Ephesians 2, 5 through 8. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly, with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. measurable riches of his grace and kindness to people dead in trespasses. No way of making it up to him. He's kind. Let's look at Romans 11. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And, if, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. How would your unbelieving coworkers and neighbors respond to that text about God's kindness? Can kindness and severity go together?
4: that would be your average like this is why i would not this is why i would not pick religion like because see he's not kind he's not kind um but someone said it really good to me like he's a gentleman he knocks like you have a choice like you can choose to walk in the door and choose this life and he will shower you with kindness but it's something that they have to experience too i mean
0: Yeah. So, yeah, somebody, your unbelieving neighbors bad. and co-workers, yeah, they, they're not going to like that, right? They're going You can't have both. You can't have both ways. You can't be kind and severe. But they do go together. And even wh- as God is severe towards those who don't believe, who've rejected him, and who are trying to do it themselves, according to the law of Moses in this case, does his kindness run out for them? Eventually it does, right? But they're still, in verse 23, and even they, they they had the law, that was supposed to help them to trust in the promises of God. Even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, okay, the patience of God, the kindness of God, and not, you, got, you had your chance. God could say, right? I gave you the Ten Commandments. I gave you Moses. I gave you David and Solomon. For the most part, you know, he was pretty good. Now, I gave you all these chances, and you rejected me. You had your shot. No, but he continues to give them time. They will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. Going back to this is what Jen was talking about earlier. Hebrews twelve, five and six. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, and chastises every son whom He receives. It's giving them verse 10. For they, our, our earthly parents, our fathers, they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But God, he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. How is God's kindness, or sorry, his discipline a great kindness to us?
3: For our good uh, so that we would become more holy.
0: Yeah. Causes the share in his holiness.
4: It's for, it's for us alone. I mean, for him, he doesn't need it.
2: He's just...
0: Mm-hmm. Yields peaceful fruit of righteousness. Even his discipline has an enduring quality to it. He trains us Again, he doesn't just say, "Hey, I'm telling you this one time. It's your shot. You better do it right from now on." He trains us over and over again,
3: and he equips us. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't demand of us anything that he hasn't equipped us already. So if we have the spirit and we're not obeying the spirit, Mm -hmm. he's going to train us
0: to obey the spirit. (laughs) Yeah. Sixteen. How does this influence our view of discipleship and mentoring, counseling? parenting, this idea of God's discipline, how should it affect us?
3: As a parent, sometimes we want to interfere with this process. We don't see it as God's discipline of our child um, or what God might be doing in our child especially as they get older. And sometimes we want to jump in and fix, mm-hmm. or protect, or shield in some way, or excuse. And just that just shortcuts their sanctification. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that happens in the counseling room too. Sometimes you just want to relieve suffering. You just want somebody to be able to feel better. But in reality, we need to be pushing people to go through mm-hmm. and helping them go through what God has for them. Cause it's that trial that's going to bring about something that never could have happened in them without, without it. it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it, I think it influences our goals. What is the goal of parenting or of discipleship of counseling? It is not, as Heather just indicated, it is not to relieve suffering. The goal is not to make you feel better. Although, yeah, we do want that. We desire that pain would ease. We do desire that they would grow and not experience a whole lot of disappointing circumstances. however, our goal is should be what god 's goal is. They grow in holiness, that they are growing in the fruit of righteousness, because that's what God wants. And that is a peaceful fruit. Just think about that. It it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. The discipline is not pleasant in the moment. But as it trains, on the other side of that, when they've learned their lesson, when we've learned our lesson, and we come out more righteous, more holy, there is a peaceful, a wonderful blessing to that. Any other comments on that?
3: And he's also recognizing when it goes really badly that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, so that person's not like rejecting us or our message or our discipleship, but it just points to the bigger reality of where their struggle truly is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we have our goals aligned the right way, and we're we're helping them, we're giving them counsel aimed at getting them to see things God's way, to obey Scripture, to be holy, to be righteous. When we give that kind of counsel and they reject it, well, I'll not take that personal because that's didn't come from me anyway. It came from Scripture. This is what the Lord says to you. I
2: think of the verse, um, speak truth and love. So if we're speaking truth, but we're not being loving in the process, we're sinning. But if we're being so-called loving, but we're using flowery words and not speaking truth in the midst of it, we're sinning. Mm-hmm. So we have to have both.
3: I think it's also a kindness, not just to us, because I think we see discipline sometimes as personal, but it's also community. So, if somebody goes through a trial and how they go through it, it teaches the others. Whether it's uh, you've been sinned against or you're just going through something, that, you know, that wasn't your own doing. But even if it was your own doing, and how you respond, mm-hmm. that shows. I mean, that trains the body too. Mm-hmm. It's not just you.
0: Yeah. Those are great points. In summary says, God's incredible kindness is all over Scripture. Every interaction that he has with Israel, the New Testament church, and through to us today is characterized by his enduring commitment to do good to us. How great is the kindness of our God. Next, we're going to observe God's call to his people to be kind as he is kind. we got point four there. Let's see how much time we got not going to finish. Okay. (laughs) Let's read read these first two verses and then we'll call that a day. Look at what God expects Is him talking to his people in the Old Testament. Micah 6.8, very well-known verse. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Hosea 6.6 is similar. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. What does God desire in our lives in response to his kindness shown to us?
1: Relationship, not
0: routine. Yeah, we're to know him. knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And also, Micah 6, 8, be like Him. To do justice like God does justice. To love kindness as He has been kind. And to walk humbly with God. Let's do the next one. Psalm 141. Verses three through five, how else are we to be kind? Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity. And let me not eat of their delicacies. Verse five, let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head, and let my head not refuse it. And then Proverbs 27 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, and profuse are the kisses of an enemy. How does kindness characterize our interactions with others in these verses?
3: Sometimes you gotta say the right thing. We're not
0: about flattery. Mhm. Yeah, we have to say the right, the hard thing. Sometimes the best way forward is to shake them out of the deception of sin by saying the hard thing. Let a righteous man strike me; it is a kindness. Do I really
3: believe that?
2: I don't know. That's how Proverbs talks about that, that. It characterizes wisdom in that way. Is it loves wisdom. It loves
0: instruction. Mm-hmm. loves reproof. Can can grow from that, but contrasting with that with the fool who despises wisdom and instruction mm-hmm. and doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Let a righteous man strike me. If our goal is kindness and to do good to them, we will tell them the truth with love. We have to do it in a loving way. But we do have to do it. What's the tension that exists between kindness and the actions of the righteous friend?
3: It doesn't feel good. It doesn't. (laughs)
0: doesn't feel good and even if you're a bystander you kind of see it happen or worse some they're gossiping about it later right Can you believe what this is what you should hear what did Brock he came up to me and he said this and this and this what a hypocrite i saw him do that. and they, and that kind of a conversation happening does that ever happen maybe that doesn't happen i don't know that, that happens. And, and trying to do something kind, does that get turned around? Yeah, sure. There's a, a tension because if we see that happen, what we have to be careful of, especially amongst ourselves, is somebody comes and talks to me about what so and so said to them. That's gossip. okay? And if I start to think about that other person, that counselor, in a negative light, wow. Why did they say that? That's rude. They don't know what this person's there's that's a, a breeding ground for disunity and fighting and backbiting and slander. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. And we'll stop there for today. Next week we'll finish, there's not a whole lot left, but we'll finish and potentially move on. So thank you everybody.